From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Cannabinoid drugs may have the ability to relieve pain, or it may be that they increase a person's pain threshold or reduce the sensation of pain. The first systematic review of experimental research on the effects of cannabis on pain was done at Syracuse University, which is one of Upstate Medical University's neighbors. And here with me in the HealthLink on Air studio to discuss his study is Martin DeVita. He's a doctoral candidate in the clinical psychology department at SU. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, I used the, the word cannabinoid and cannabis, and I wanted to start with having you explain what those are. Yeah, sure. Um, cannabinoid drugs and cannabinoid-based medicines are usually compounds derived from cannabis plants. And so when we talk about cannabis, usually um, people refer to that as marijuana or plant-based cannabis. And cannabis plants can actually have um, hundreds of different can- cannabinoid compounds in them. Um, and then cannabinoid-based medicines are those synthetic derivatives, so um, like uh synthetic THC, for instance, isolated THC, um, and put into a pill form, essentially, or other uh, routes of administration. So THC is a cannabinoid? Uh, Absolutely, yes. Okay. And that's the one that, is that the the component that sort of gives the high? Yeah. And so primarily when we think about uh, plant-based cannabis, one of the primary active ingredients or cannabinoids in that is THC. Um, so uh, by volume, it's usually the most prevalent. Now, uh, more recently, people have started developing strains with less THC and higher amounts of other cannabinoids like CBD or cannabidiol. CBD. I've seen that uh, in ads all over the place lately. Yeah. 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 So that's another cannabinoid. Yeah. That's another cannabinoid, um, you know, that they look very similar when you look at them. um, They just have little changes between them or little distinctive characteristics. um, But CBD has definitely caught the attention of a lot of people as a non-psychoactive cannabinoid compound, whereas THC does produce those psychoactive effects or that feeling of being high. Okay. All right. Now, the laws about um, Marijuana use and cannabinoid products are evolving. Um, There's some states that that have legalized recreational use and some have legalized medical use. And the governor of New York has said he favors legalizing marijuana. So what would that do? What would that mean for our state? What would we see... uh, marijuana products or what would? Yeah, I think we would definitely see um, a lot more diversity in the type of products available to the general public. Um, There are a lot of different types of um, preparations of cannabinoid products. You can have edibles, you can have smoked marijuana cigarettes, um, or you can uh, vape it in different ways. And so uh, it's it's immensely diverse, but I think we'll definitely see that. Um, we'll also see probably a lot more recreational use just across the public, being that it's more available. Uh, we'll probably also see a lot more regulation of those products. Mm-hmm. So um, one concern that uh, a lot of us have as clinical researchers is people who are using marijuana or cannabis recreationally might not know exactly what's in those cannabis drugs that they're using. It might not even be cannabis. They might uh, think that they're using pure uh, cannabis plants, but that might actually have synthetic cannabinoids in it. So there's always that risk of um, not knowing uh, what's in cannabis that you buy off the street uh, if it's not regulated very well. 
So um, you mentioned other products. These are these would be products that aren't smoked necessarily. Yeah. So there might be more of a, a variety of things. Absolutely, um, you know, uh, THC can be put into lots of different things. Um, uh, the people who manufacture these products are very creative in the way that they that they do them. Um, and so, uh, edibles, uh, chocolate, candy, gummies, uh, you know, it, it's endless the amount of preparations that can be made, really, um, and. There's no shortage of people trying new preparations or coming up with these new things. Well, you were involved in a study that was published in an American Medical Association journal called JAMA Psychiatry. Mm -hmm. um, it was the first systematic review of the effects of cannabis on pain. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people turn to these products or marijuana for pain relief, right? Yeah, yeah. So do they work? I guess that's the magic question. That right? is the magic question. And um, the experimental research that had been done up until then had been producing a lot of mixed findings, which is really interesting. Some studies were saying that uh, cannabinoids were working. Some of them were saying that they weren't. And then some even said that uh, they were increasing people's pain sensitivity. So as a wow. clinical scientist, we're left with this question, what is the answer? Um, that happens sometimes uh, in science. We have discrepant findings. One way to resolve that is by um, pulling all the research, extracting all the data, and synthesizing it with uh, statistical procedures called meta-analyses. Um, and so instead of a bunch of studies with very small sample sizes, you create this conceptual large study with hundreds of participants. And you pull all that data together, and that gives you a clearer picture. Um, so what we found in that particular study was that the uh, while cannabinoid drugs might uh, prevent the onset of pain by uh, increasing people's pain threshold, uh, it didn't really significantly reduce uh, pain that people were already experiencing. Um, it didn't reduce the intensity of that pain. Instead, what it did for a lot of people was reduce the unpleasantness that people had, um, their pain unpleasantness, or how they created the unpleasantness of that pain, and allowed them to tolerate more pain. Uh, so what I guess collectively what that um, suggests is that a lot of cannabinoid drugs act on um, the affective component or that emotional evaluative component of pain rather than the sensory component or the intensity of that pain. So it might not get rid of the pain, but it will make you feel better about it. But those we also found that those effects were relatively small in size. Well, it, does it does it matter what type of pain? Because there's different kinds of pain, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so that's sort of what these different measures get at. The ones we looked at were uh, pain threshold, pain tolerance, pain intensity, and pain unpleasantness. And then uh, another outcome called mechanical hyperalgesia, or that's the sensitivity to uh, mechanical type stimulus like touch, uh, pain sensitivity to actual pressure or touch on your skin. Huh. And uh, again, what we found with threshold Threshold represents um, the amount of stimulus it takes to actually feel a pain sensation. So, um, it, you know, if you press on somebody's arm, if you keep pressing slowly harder and harder and harder, it's the point at which that becomes a painful sensation. With cannabinoid drugs, it raised that a little bit. Um, but for pain that was already being experienced, uh, it didn't necessarily reduce the intensity of that pain. But that effective component, that effective type of pain, the emotional pain that people were feeling, it did reduce that. One thing that this study uh, did was it actually looked at experimental pain induced in a laboratory. And so that differs from the different 
clinical pain uh, conditions that are out there. One of the troubles or difficulties we as scientists have in studying chronic pain or the effects of cannabis on chronic pain is that they're so different. And there are also a lot of comorbid conditions with chronic pain, like depression and anxiety, and those can affect pain, the way we perceive pain. So experimental pain procedures mimic features of chronic pain or clinical pain conditions and allow us to um, have more precise estimates without all the noise from these other these other conditions that might co-occur with it. Interesting. Well, um, how does your study speak to the effects of different types of cannabis-based drugs and medicines as they relate to pain? Yeah. So one thing that we were interested in is looking at different types of cannabinoid drugs and their effect on these indices. And what we found were uh, was that plant-based cannabis was showing the largest effect sizes. So uh, we did look at synthetic derivatives like nabilone um, and other types of cannabinoid drugs uh, that are uh, created by pharmacists or in a lab or put into capsules. And in general, we did find that the largest effects were for plant-based cannabis. Um, and so one of the reasons we think that that might be happening is because uh, smoking or inhaling uh, cannabinoid drugs is probably a faster route and um, it's more potent administration. Um, and there are probably more psychoactive effects with um, plant-based cannabinoids. So um, anytime, uh, given that pain is a very, people think about it as this biomedical phenomenon, but it's very psychological in a lot of ways. And so if you are using a substance that alters your mindset or your mind state, um, chances are it's probably going to affect your experience or how you experience pain as well. So you throw in psychoactive effects and it's, it, you start to wonder how much of that is influencing what we see in these pain outcomes. So in your study, what you looked at with cannabis in general would have included THC and CBD yeah. in different levels. Yeah. And so most of the plant-based cannabis um, that we looked at uh, had uh, varying levels of THC as the main component. Um, and then the we did look at uh, studies that had used uh, synthetic THC, com that, uh, THC in pill form, essentially. Okay. Um, and then there were other synthetic cannabinoids that are less commonly used uh, but are still tested uh, for their effects on um, these pain outcomes. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Martin DeVita, a doctoral candidate in the clinical psychology department at Syracuse University. And we're talking about his study on um, cannabis and its effects on pain. Um, so the findings, what you've looked at in your study, how can they be of use to well, healthcare providers and also just regular people. Yeah, so um, I think clinic or both clinicians and patients alike and anybody interested in using cannabinoid uh, compounds or drugs or medicines to alleviate pain should be informed about what the evidence says about how uh, efficacious these drugs are um, and before they make a decision about, uh, you know, potentially using any medication. That's ho That holds true for anything, really. Sure. Um, and so... Uh, you know, our findings suggest that cannabinoids might not be a magic bullet for uh, these painful conditions or pain in general. It might not, you know, completely eliminate the pain. It might um, it might help relieve some of the stress related to pain that you experience or the negative emotions that uh, you experience. But uh, that should be something to consider when um, calibrating your expectations for what this treatment can and cannot do. Um, when you talk about um, relieving the stress related to pain, that sounds like anxiety. Would it help 
yeah, for anxiety? That's certainly one of we we talk uh, um, uh, in our field about pain related anxiety, for instance, uh-huh. uh, anxiety related to the potential for pain or the pain you already have. Um, anxiety is certainly one thing that you can experience when you experience pain. Uh, sadness is another one. Pain is inherently unpleasant. So, um, you know, if if you can relieve some of that, then certainly there's utility in that. Um, the question is, uh, what are the pros and cons of any intervention that's designed to help with that? I don't know if you know the answer to this, but uh, are, is there potential for addiction with the CBD or THC containing products? Yeah, so um, I think that, uh, you know, Cannabis, cannabis-related drugs, um, the ones that we typically think of, um, plant-based cannabis that is used uh, more commonly recreationally, um, it certainly has an addictive potential in some people. Um, is it as addictive as some of these other drugs like uh, opioids or um, not necessarily? It doesn't have the same abuse liability that those mm-hmm. drugs have. Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a, the, an abuse liability for those uh, cannabis with psychoactive compounds in them, like THC. Um, especially, uh, there might be concerns about people using them to cope with certain uh, illnesses, and uh, using that as a form of avoidance, potentially, instead of um, seeking out something that might actually help that, like physical fitness or nutrition. Same thing with, you know, uh, that you would see the same type of addictive mechanisms that play a role in, like, alcohol. You know, a lot of people oh, use alcohol sure. to treat their pain or cope with their pain, and um, it, it might be effective in some regards um there might be analgesic there are analgesic properties in alcohol is it always the best to use that or is it a magic bullet for that probably not but um cbd the cannabidiol that everybody's hearing about now um actually is a from the research that's out now has a decent safety profile in and of itself um so that's for pure cannabidiol or cbd uh the world health organization considers its safety profile to be relatively good. Um, That being said, that doesn't mean that all the CBD products that are blowing up on shelves right now are uh, actually CBD even. So um, recent uh, studies that have looked at um, CBD products available online, for instance, have found that not all of them have um, are reporting the accurate amount of CBD they even have in them. So um, again, it's not a very well-regulated market for cannabidiol right now. So there's always that concern of, is this actually the substance that I'm taking? And is it mixed with something else? Um, if you're taking CBD with THC, then the, obviously the safety profile for CBD alone would be different, different. for that. Sure. Um, Well, what new questions arose from your study? Did you come across anything that you would like to look for answers for in the future? Definitely. So um, one of the primary uh, questions that we have after doing this was, we had this observation that all of the available research was on cannabinoids that have psychoactive properties um, in the available research. None had been done on things like pure CBD, for instance, uh, which does not have those psychoactive properties. And as I mentioned before, given that pain is such a psychological experience, um, anytime you have psychoactive properties in something, it's going to change your experience of how you perceive pain or how much it bothers you. Uh, So one thing that we're interested in is looking at things like cannabidiol, uh, a cannabinoid compound that looks very similar molecularly uh, to THC, but doesn't have those psychoactive effects on these pain outcomes. Um, 
and you know there's a laundry list of things that we need to get to as researchers but that's that's at the top of my list um also looking okay. at psychological outcomes that would be relevant like expectancies um we know that if you expect something to relieve your pain, um, there might be a little bit of a placebo effect that occurs um, in either addition to the actual pharmacological effect or um, in the absence of that. So, you know, by telling somebody this substance is going to relieve your pain, if they believe that, they might actually report better uh, improvements in pain. Right. So, Well, this is an exciting field. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling us about it. Thank you. My guest has been Martin DeVita, a doctoral candidate in the clinical psychology department at Syracuse University. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.